What is up, guys? This is a different face that you're used to seeing here. I know you guys are used to seeing Sonny start off the show here, but this is kind of a joint project um, between me and the rest of the folks on this channel. We're kind of bringing it all together um, and uploading this onto my main YouTube channel, too. Um, and, you know, if you want to join um, these conversations, we're going to have them weekly between four AFC North fans. Jo uh, subscribe to AFC North Talk where we will do this weekly. We go live, you can chat, have fun, talk all that garbage with us. Without further ado, I'm gonna bring in our esteemed panelists. Yes, this is like I'm on PTI. Uh, first, we're gonna bring in Ace Boogie. I brought him up first because I like Ace Boogie the most. That's why, you know, Ace Boogie. Appreciate it, bro. Appreciate it. I'm doing good, I'm doing very good. I'm, I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week. I was kind of on the verge of a meltdown, uh, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but next, I would like to bring on uh, your arch enemy, bro. I got to bring him on, Tony Serino. What's up? What's happening? Happy to be back with you guys. Hey, the Steelers in the last week with no salary cap space, they made some splashes, did they not? Did they not? Yeah, nice, third, <laughs> nice moves, just like he was third to enter the chat, baby. Third <laughs> Listen, all right, let's bring in Sonny as well. Let's get, let's get the show on the road. Best for last, right? You know how it is. Best for last, the winners of the division. You know how it is. We're going to be repeating team this year, only in the division side because we're going all the way, my guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said something <laughs> along those lines. But the first thing I want to talk about with everybody here is – Kind of what Sonny alluded to, the immediate future, but also the long-term future of this division, I think is very, very interesting with the young quarterbacks that three out of the four teams are going to be having on their roster. So what I want to go do right now is kind of get a feel of what each team feels like the future is going to be. And I'm actually going to toss this off to Tony because I think that future is going to be the most interesting one to check out. Yeah, I think the short-term future for the Steelers – Right, it's all about, we've talked about this before, but it's all about Ben Roethlisberger. It's all about his health. You know, the, the, the 2019 season was supposed to be a lost year for the Steelers, and it was. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make any noise in January. So it was a lost season because Ben Roethlisberger wasn't there. And we kind of got a future in Pittsburgh. We, we saw the future in Pittsburgh of what it's going to look like when Ben Roethlisberger ends up retiring. It's going to be not a whole lot of offense and, and hope that this defense can pick up the slack. And they did. And that's the most encouraging sign is that this defense really did turn the corner. Uh, they were a top five defense without a doubt, a top two defense, I would argue, in the NFL. And so the questions are all going to be about Ben Roethlisberger. I think in the short term, I like what, I like what, what, I, what we're going to see from the Steelers because, you know, obviously Ben Roethlisberger is a Hall of Famer. But beyond that, and we've talked about this before, this team enters quarterback hell, and they're going to have to go into a mode where they're going to have to evaluate quarterbacks and hopefully evaluate quarterbacks better than they did a couple years back when they drafted Mason Rudolph in the third round. Um, you know, that, that's what, that is the, that is the long-term future, but immediately, look, I think this team can be a Super Bowl contender over the next two years. Okay. Well, Tony, my biggest question for you is, do you think you have the young pieces on offense? Um, if you had to go into a mode to where you might have to go with like, you know, you know, maybe you don't have the best quarterback in the world, but you have like, you know, a Brian Hoyer level guy or, you know, right. Alex Smith, maybe 2013 as guy. Do you feel like you have the young offensive pieces around you because I look around the division you have MVP caliber obviously Lamar Jackson right. he just won the MVP yeah you look at you know um in Cincinnati you have Joe Burrow who could be one of the greatest prospects to come in since who knows when but you know the future's really uncertain there and I look at Pittsburgh and you know you got some decent pieces you got James Conner you got Juju 
who, you know, as much as I joke around, I do think he's a solid player. But I, I just don't see that one player that you can really rely on if you're going to have a quarterbackless offense. Right. And no, I, I agree with that. I agree. I mean, and that's what you saw last year. You saw this defense just, you know, or the, the offense fall off a cliff without Ben Roethlisberger. Um, because, look, Juju was – last year was supposed to be about Juju establishing himself as a number one without Antonio Brown. He didn't really do that, partially because he was hurt, partially because, uh, you know, you didn't have the quarterback play to really get him the football. Um, mm-hmm. I, look, I like what I see out of James Washington. We joke about him a lot. Uh, I, still, I still believe – I still believe in James Washington. But Make I'll tell you why I believe it even more. Uh, and I know it's going to be a hot take, but it's one I'm going to build over the over the coming offseason. Oh, here comes the Moncrief take. Uh, yeah, here is my Moncrief take. I think Deontay Johnson might be the most talented receiver long term that this roster has right now. Now we'll see if that bears out because only his rookie year. Again, he hasn't played with Ben Roethlisberger. I haven't seen that rapport yet. Uh, but you're absolutely right in saying that there's there are more exciting futures in the long term for all three of you guys more than more than. Uh, more than me, right? I, I, if you're ta- all of you probably want to fast forward to five years from now to see what happened with all of your quarterbacks and the teams that you guys are building. I absolutely do not want to fast forward five years from now because I do not want to know what the Steelers look like because it's not going to be pretty. I mean, look, you know, James Conner's not a long-term answer at, wi- at running back. At wide receiver, I-, I like the core that they have now, but none of them are proven assets. It's all a bunch of question marks, and I'll include Juju in that. And then we haven't talked about the offensive line in Pittsburgh yet, but they're, you know, they're not exactly a bunch of uh, you know, young guys out there, right? you got you got guys like Pouncey and DeCastro, even Villanueva, uh, who are probably on the back half of their careers as well, and that's going to be an offensive line that needs to be fixed in the coming years. So uh, immediate future, fantastic. Long-term future, no thank you. Yeah, so it looks like the Berlin Wall is falling down there in Pittsburgh, but I want to jump to the team now, the fan that represents that team, uh, that I think has the most interesting and exciting and unpredictable future um, as far as next season and the seasons to come. That's the Cincinnati Bengals. Ace, what's your outlook on that? I'm super excited about the future and what's going on here because, you know, all of the years that I've been a Bengals fan over 15, 16 years now, um, this has been the most exciting time that we've actually been through in terms of free agency. Uh, I can remember times when I believe Antonio Bryant was like a big name or Alex, or Alex, or not Alex, but Antoine Odom was like a huge name for us to sign. And these were moves that burned us in the past that kind of caused us not to be active in free agency. And I'm not going to lie. You guys saw the last episode. I was kind of losing it over here because, you know, we had heard all of this talk that the Bengals were going to be active in free agency. And the first day, nothing really happened. And um, the next day, I believe after our show, DJ Reader, uh, a guy that's 25, gets signed away from the Texans, which the Bengals have never done, and they make him the number one uh, paid nose tackle in the league. It was just crazy. And then right after that, you get a Trey Wayne's uh, signing, which kind of caused some confusion because, you know, I'm not a Drake or Patrick fan, but I didn't know that we were in the market for a free agent corner. That kind of threw me off, especially with us signing him to that much money. But um, after seeing the deal later, it kind of makes sense. He's really only guaranteed $15 million this year. We really could get out of the contract, I believe, as early as next year if it doesn't work out. But we still get another young corner that comes over and at least gives us a guy that can tackle, which Drake or Patrick could not do that. Um, so we upgraded on that aspect. And then we get Mackenzie Alexander, who's still another corner from the Vikings, which was a very good deal for me. I think it was one year, four million. So you can't really beat that. And, you know, even though these signings were happening, our fans were kind of wondering like, okay, so 
We literally have one linebacker on the roster right now. Nick Vigil decided to go elsewhere, which I was cool with that. I didn't really want any of our linebackers back because they all were trash. Um, <laughs> but then we stole Josh Bynes from the Ravens. I loved it. I was I was very happy with that. Um, actually uh, reached out to uh, a couple of Ravens fans, and they were sad to see him go. Um, so that was good. And then, you know, I'm thinking that it's pretty much all over. And then Von Bell out of nowhere is is on his way to Cincy. So a lot of good moves um, from what I've seen. And I'm definitely looking forward to the future. It definitely looks like they are loading up um, with any deficiencies that we've had, which I'm good with. And I'm hoping it's still kind of weird because we still have Andy Dalton on the roster. We still have Dirk Patrick on the roster. So I kind of want to know what's going to happen with some of those guys, Sean Williams, another guy. Um, but the future is bright right now in Cincinnati. And I think that there's a lot of optimism uh, that has really been given um, into our fan base, even though we already have Joe Burrow, but this is just, you know, the cherry on the top. Yeah, so my question is kind of about Joe Burrow. And a lot of the future there does look bright, but it is very dependent on Joe Burrow being who everybody thinks he's going to be. Um, are there any worries down there in Cincinnati that they're putting too much on Joe Burrow to start? Or is there like, is there like, because, you know, to me, it's like there's a lot of hope wrapped into Jim, Joe Burrow. What if he's not who people hope he is? What happens there? Uh, I think from our standpoint, we've felt like for a while, um, and I could probably speak for the segment of fans that they probably call the Dalton haters. I pretty much call myself a Dalton realist, and I felt like we've always had talent around him, but he hasn't been the guy that could really take advantage of it. And we feel like Joe Burrow can be that guy. He can come in. He won't be a guy that's going to throw it away on third and manageable and throw it out of bounds and pretty much sit down when he pees. Um, but for the most part, we just are really optimistic about the foundation that we can set him up with. You know, this is a roster that does have talent. This is a young mind and uh, Zach Taylor, which is crazy because we only won two games. But from talking to some of my sources that are close to the players, the players love this guy. They think that he's a very smart coach. They think that he just kind of was in a bad situation last year. So, being that we can put um, him in a comfortable position with plenty of talent, I feel like the sky is kind of the limit for Joe Burrow. Um, I'm not expecting anything too crazy. We're not expecting him to come in and throw, like, for 40 or 50 touchdowns his rookie year. Um, but if he can at least just come in and just be a guy that can motivate a lot of uh, the players there and just get the thing going, I think that the rest will just fall in his place. If he's not the guy, um, I mean – just do what the Arizona Cardinals did. Just draft another one. I mean, I mean, we're at the point now. It's it's not like we're signing these Jamarcus Russell contracts anymore. You're not really tied down to one specific guy. You could easily move on from that guy in a year. Now, the one guy in this room who I know has no no um, sense of hatred towards his quarterback's rookie deal at all. Uh, it's got to be Sunny here. He has the MVP, reigning MVP. Ravens did a lot there. Um, some people are questioning whether the Ravens can come through in the playoffs two years in a row with Lamar Jackson, two disappointing finishes in a row, the two underwhelming teams, if we're honest, but we're not here to get negative about the Ravens. <laughs> not yet. You can't. I mean, right now, if you get negative about the Ravens, that means everything below is just that much worse. So let me say two things before I talk about my Ravens. I don't know, t Tony, I heard that they're putting Social Security Alliance in the Steelers Stadium with all those retirement players going out. 
And Ace, I also this is this is legit. There's this rumor floating out that the Bengals might trade that first overall pick. No. No. The Dolphins. How no. crazy would the fans in who they would get if they if that happens? We'll put that out, Mike, uh, Mike Brown would receive death threats if that happened. That's not happening. Um, the only reason I say that too is this is a guy that you have to remember traded or passed on the trade for Ricky Williams. All of our draft picks for your one, and he took Achilles Smith with that. Joe Burrow is light years ahead of Achilles Smith. Um, so it's a no-brainer, especially just from a business standpoint. Mike Brown is a businessman first. You've got a guy from Ohio that's going to fill your seats, which is an issue that you've had uh, the last couple of years. It, it just makes now, now to me, like if Joe Burrow wasn't from Ohio, he didn't just capture uh, you know a huge fan base just from everyone that fell in love with his story about being from Athens, Ohio, you know, being a guy that's going to make sure that people that are homeless there eat, being a guy that, you know, kind of wasn't picked at Ohio State, left and still came back and won a national championship. If there wasn't that story there and it was just Justin Herbert or Tua, then I could see it. But this is, yeah, there's no way we're going to pass him. Okay, so, yeah, I'm not hating on my, my team, my quarterback. Actually, Lamar Jackson is and will be even if Joe Burrow is drafted the youngest quarterback in the division, which is crazy because Lamar will have two years under his belt. And I he just, also runs the most least sustainable style of all. MVP, baby. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. So Lamar Jackson versus a guy like Cam Newton. Cam Newton used to run over people. I say this to everybody that Lamar Jackson runs a lot to the outside and he gets out of bounds a lot versus Cam Newton. I think that's the problem with Cam big dude, fun to watch and he will run people over. But this is why running backs shelf life is shorter. And that's the same thing that happened to Cam. In my opinion, he ran through so many people and those linebackers, that toll gets to your body. That at this point he's a shelf. So I don't think that's Lamar. I also think Lamar is getting better as a thrower. Every like from first year to second year, I expect him to take that step up. I would have loved if the Ravens would have been that team to offer a second round for D Hop. That would have been spectacular. The Bengals reportedly, apparently, a guy from the Texans confirmed that the Bengals did call about D Hop, which blew my mind. They should offer Joe Mixon, because um, <laughs> that's honestly a better package than what they got. Yeah, but, hell yeah. <laughs> I got a question for Sonny here about Lamar. And again, we all in this room are under no pretense that Lamar is not a passer. So this isn't coming from one of those trolling aspects. But I do have a question on like what what are what are the realistic you know expectations of what the ceiling is for Lamar Jackson's passing ability? Because I don't think you know. I think there is a level to where he can plateau as far as, you know, developing into a passer, because just like being a great runner, some things do come naturally that you cannot develop into. Um, and how much room do you think there is? I think there's a lot, me personally, I think there's a lot less room than people think just because I think people assume that he was at such a low level to begin with. But if you look at where he was in Louisville before he came to Baltimore, he was actually not that far behind a guy like Josh Allen. So, you know, the development he showed this year was very good. How much better than this year can he get realistically? I think so. A couple of things. I think Lamar 
can get better. I don't expect him to be a guy like Drew Brees or that type of passer. But he feels comfortable in the pocket. So when you see him in a throwing situation, you see him stepping up, which a lot of young guys don't do well. You see him stepping up, going to progressions. We do run the ball a lot. But in a passing situation, if you go back and since we're in quarantine, I have been watching old Ravens videos from last year, just watching mechanics from Lamar, watching a couple different things. And you can see him stepping up. Now, the one thing that Lamar, and this is if he improves on this, that, that will be big is – throwing receivers on stride. Sometimes he throws them too high when they're open and running open. So if he throws them ahead, he could have just catch him and the receiver can just get some yak yardage. Sometimes he throws them too high. Sometimes he throws them a little behind. Not by much, but just enough for a corner to get there. I mean, it only takes that much, uh, like a split second, right? So if he can get better in that, on throwing on stride, throwing to the guy as they're developing the route, that's, I think that is the next step for him. I'm not talking about being a Brady or Breeze that is always threading the needle. No. But the receivers were in situations that they had enough padding that if he throws in a strife, not only is a catch, it's also a couple of yards ahead. Now, the Ravens, other than Hollywood Brown, probably have the worst receiving core. Not probably. We do have the worst receiving core on the division if we take the Titans uh, aside, just receiving. Um, so the Ravens need to get better receiving. Um, we obviously didn't bring anybody from, from free agency, although it was not the greatest free agency for, for wide receivers. Uh, I, I didn't think nobody should have been overpaying for the, the talents that was out there. Uh, but that means in the draft we need to address it. Yeah, um, it's that's an interesting point there. I I wonder about how bad the receivers actually are in Baltimore, though, because you know, just watching Lamar at his best in Baltimore and even like in things like the Pro Bowl, um, that the Pro Bowl game, it just seems like he is so much more comfortable hitting tight ends and wide receivers to me. And I just think yeah. that just might be that just might be his game is that he's going to be a guy who's going to utilize tight ends, but maybe he's going to underutilize some wide receivers. You know, maybe you can get him a couple burners, but I don't know if he's a guy who would really utilize somebody like, you know, and it's hard to not see somebody like this being utilized, but to the max level, like DeAndre Hopkins or somebody well, like I don't know. Cause, he's cause not he, a burner. Because he, he can put the ball over top, no doubt. But I'm just saying, like, you know, when it comes to working those short, intermediate, you know, the third. Outside the numbers, part, I think, was, you yeah. know, was was a was – a, I mean, look, I, I have not been watching Ravens tape over the, during my quarantine time, but – my, my recollection, especially of that, the playoff game against the Titans and and, and some of Lamar's worst games, right, the, the game where he struggled against the Steelers, he struggled to hit guys outside the numbers, right? Yeah, that's, a, that's something I pointed out when I went to camp there um, with Engraven about Ravens camp. I said he still has issues, you know, hitting that outside, what is it, the outside corner route. Yeah. Um, that, that always has seemed like an issue to him. Yeah, but look, so he basically threw to very little to the wide receivers other than Hollywood Brown. He did throw to Hollywood Brown and he threw a lot. Hollywood Brown was playing injured. He said it, he said it throughout the years, like I'm not playing hundred percent. And he did throw to Hollywood Brown a lot. Um, and Hollywood, you know, he was the benefit of that. But other than Hollywood, I feel like he never trusted the rest of the receivers. He threw Willis need here and there. And after really Sneed, there was a big drop. Barely anybody got touches. I mean, Boykins got a couple. Seth Roberts got a couple, but not many. Uh, we're talking about basically was Hollywood got a lot of targets, and then Mark Andrews got a lot of targets. And after that, there was a big decline for the next 
whoever. Could be Hirsch, could be Snee, but those were the top two. It was a tight end, and after a tight end, it was a wide receiver. Those were his favorite targets. Looked like he those were his boys. He needs to develop more rubber 12 with whoever the, the new receivers are. They're coming. And the tight end, because we traded one of the tight ends, right? When Mark Andrews wasn't there, Hayden Hurst actually took over those catches. But, yeah, I thought Hollywood Brown was fed enough for – I mean, he was a rookie, again, playing hurt. Um, so I can see them utilizing the receiver. D-Hop would have been great because it would have been a big target, bigger body frame. Hollywood is a smaller guy, dude. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think he will be fine. Again, my biggest development that I want to see from Lamar is throwing receivers on strike. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. Definitely. I think that's something that he can really work on developing and everything. Um, so that's the last team to go. Here's the Browns, the future of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I feel like we talk about the Browns a lot. Um, in the Browns' future, I, I think it's really make or break this season. I think they could have four or five great years up in their future. I think they could have a dysfunctional match. I think it really can go either way with both uh, with the Browns because you look at what they have. Baker Mayfield, he's on a prove-it year. Not, you know, like it, this could be the end of him, you know, being somebody who's going to get that extension to his contract. Um, you look at Odell and Jarvis, if the Browns don't, make a significant playoff push or make the playoffs this year, it's going to look real hard to justify those contracts at those positions. Um, you know, they signed Austin Hooper to a long-term deal with three years. Um, you know, they got Jack Conklin on three years as well. So that's good and good there. Um, but then you start looking at guys like Miles Garrett. This team doesn't look like they're going to contend. Are they going to spend, you know, the $30 million a year it's going to take to retain a guy like Miles Garrett? Um, the future is really dependent on what the Browns do this year. You know, I think they have a certain number of wins to hit or else this whole thing's going to get blown up because we also have to remember with the Cleveland Browns is that this rebuild has been inherited by somebody. It has not been birthed by the current regime. So this thing don't look right. It'll get blown up real quick um, because that's just how this business works um, in the NFL. Where, where do you think this roster stacks up in, you know, last year, a lot of us talked about how the roster stacked up at the NFL and there was all the, you know, they, they got to make the playoffs. They could be contenders in the AFC, right? Obviously that, you know, come back down to earth after what happened in 2019. But, um, you know, once again, they, they have had an off season of adding the, the right kind of talent. You talked about the offensive line. Uh, where do you feel like just in this division right now, just talent wise, not talking about anything off the field stuff, the personalities meshing together, just from a talent perspective, where do you feel like the Browns sit in the AFC North? I think they're sitting at top conversation. I think there's really very little separation right now between all four teams. Um, you know, I don't. I think the Ravens are the favorite, and they're rightfully the favorite. They won the division the last two years in a row. They deserve that spot. They have the yeah. reigning MVP. But you know, I'm not going to sit here right now and act surprised if they finish ten and six um, and have a little bit of a step back. Mm -hmm. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I wouldn't be surprised. They can easily go 11 and five if Big Ben is who Big Ben, you know, was. And I think the Bengals could easily come in and do an eight and eight or nine and seven kind of a push. And with the Browns, I think the Browns are going to go 10 and six this year. That's the talent that I think they're going to be able to utilize. Uh, but, you know, if the Browns pulled something out their butt and went 12 and four, I wouldn't be sitting here amazed. I think they definitely have the talent to do it. I just think it's so hard to, like, because the Ravens on paper, if you look at the roster, like they're not that like eye 
popping of a talented team. Right. It doesn't work really get well together. Same thing with the Steelers. Right. If you look at the two most eye-popping teams, they're honestly the Bengals and the Browns. But, you know, they're just as far as that, like, you have the MVP, but there's more spread around. There's more star There's two things around. that the quarterbacks for the Browns and the Bengals, I'm not – bashing on Burrow. He's just a rookie, so right. let's be realistic. We are stacking our defense in a way that to generate turnovers, and then mm. we are going to be running the ball. That's how this team is set up currently. Force a stop, force turnovers. That's what Baker likes to do. Throw to the other team. And then run <laughs> yes, the he ball. Does. Run the yeah. ball. That's how this team is set up. And again, this is no no knock on Burrow. He's just a rookie. So I yeah. expect growing pains with any rookie. This, I mean, we uh, had Lamar in his first year, right? And then Baker, first year, second year, actually, you know, was a little bit worse. Even Big Ben, all rookies go through this, right? Yeah. Right, so, right. Well, Big Ben won a Super Bowl in his second year, but you know, he was right. fifteen and one his rookie year. But other than that, might, yes, most rookies. I agree with you. You so might have to also something. tell that to your GM who can't get contracts together, Michael Rockers. <laughs> but, 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 Sonny, you brought up an interesting point. You mentioned that all quarterbacks are going to have that little bit of a slump eventually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think Lamar Jackson ain't going to have a slump? But you can argue his first year, he didn't really threw a lot of balls, right? He Yeah. He was, so so there's going to be an adjustment period coming at some point. If last year was kind of like his rookie year as far as him as a passer in the NFL. Which yeah. I and agree. in an offense designed yeah. for him. Yeah. An offense that kind of took the league by by storm. You yes. know, like there's yes. no – I'm not trying to downplay anything that he's done. But if right. we're saying like that kind of a slump is inevitable, the more they, they expose a certain part of their game – the Ravens did expose a lot of, like, not like expose in that kind of way, but they, they did show a lot of what the Ravens game is going to look like next year. Like, it's not going to be a surprise when the Ravens come out and pistol with the fullback behind the right guard. That's not a surprise anymore. Right. So I, I agree. Do you think but, that? Do you think that slump is coming with Lamar? That's what I'm asking. So, so I think that this is. It goes back to what I said. Like, if Lamar hits, starts hitting people in strive it might be game over because the problem is the the teams are just going to try to stop the run. Not only Lamar, Mark Ingram, and just the running game. So that's why receivers who have that small, even if it is a small padding, this padding will be there. So if Lamar starts throwing people in stride, it's going to happen two things, or the teams are going to be like, well, I'm going to die in that hill. I'm just going to let him pick me apart. And he will have to keep showing that, or they're going to start pulling back. And then we're going to power run them. But my point is more than just the offense is this team has invested on the defensive side. Mm -hmm. And then, again, a defense to we blitz a lot. And I think what they're trying to do is figure out a way that our D-line can generate pressure without blitzing all the time, right? That's why we brought Calais Campbell. We have Wolf now. We have Judon right now. There's rumors that we might add Matthews. But who knows? We might draft somebody also for the defense and then look for the receiver, right? If we do that, right, and we still have Peters, E.T., we brought Jimmy Smith as our fourth corner. So this defense is is based on we're going to stop you and then we're going to run through through you, milk some clock, rest our defense, our defense is going to stop you again, and that's the formula. 
that's how this team is constructed. We're not constructed like KC. KC is constructed. We're going to outnumber you. We're going to just score 50 on you. If you score 40 on us, that's fine because we're going to score 50. Our team is more, we're going to stop you. And if we win 20 to 10, that is fine because we're going to milk this clock. We're just going to get the game over like that. I don't know. You don't want to be built like the team that just won the Super Bowl, though. Like that. And and um my biggest thing is like I actually think it's gonna go the other way as far as teams trying to defend the Ravens next year. If you look at the teams that honestly had the best success against the Ravens, it were the teams that were able to, you know, kind of let whatever happened with Mark Ingram and that run game go down and really mm-hmm. focus on stopping the pass. Because I I've I've said this for a while. You guys have heard me. Um I when the Ravens are able to get those 20, 40 yard, but booty naked open, Mark Andrews, seam yeah. balls. That's what kills you. Yes. But, you know, them getting those five, 10 yard chunks, let them get it. Let them get, they're going to score points. They're a very good offense. You know, right. but if they score points slowly, you put points back, then that's when they normally get in trouble. If you look at the teams that did have some success against the Ravens, limited success, but success, you look at the Browns and you look at the Titans. Both teams kind of played a similar game against them where they kind of were able to get some turnovers in the passing game or or and flip the game up on the Ravens where the Ravens didn't have this domineering lead and they were able to just run pace and then, you know, do what they do. Right. So I do think the game's going to change a little bit for them. And I think it's just going to be harder naturally in year two. But I get your point about Lamar developing. That could, that if he is out able to, out if he is able to develop, faster than the rate the teams are able to adjust, then you have a real problem on your hands. But Ace, you had something to say there. Yeah, I have two things. So the first thing that I wanted to say is I think that, um, at least in Cincinnati, it's already been adjustments, at least from our standpoint, because when I read between the lines with a lot of the moves that we made, it signals that we kind of are targeting a team that can defend against the Ravens. You talk about DJ Reader. This is a guy that's a nose tackle that's going to at least try to stop the run against, uh, you know, those those Ravens um, running backs in, there, in Lamar as well. But then we also have guys on the boundaries like Trey Waynes. The reason that they got Trey Waynes and the reason that they got Mackenzie Alexander and Josh, Josh Bynes and all of these guys are because they're amazing tacklers against the run. So a lot of the moves that – are already being made, have been made in Cincinnati. I will shoot you some bail, though, on Lamar because that was my huge concern with you guys last year is the fact that you literally had no one except Hollywood Brown. Um, Now, I know that you guys also had another rookie there, uh, bigger receiver. Yeah, yeah, yep, uh, Boykin. I think Boykin has has some talent, but I think it's almost kind of like a perfect storm for you guys because this – uh, this draft is actually loaded with wide receivers. But I also think that Lamar also reminds me of Mike Vick, where you guys talked about earlier, where he relies on those tight ends, like Algie Crumplers of the world. Um, so I think that that's always going to be a part of his DNA. But if you guys can get, you know, some other solid receivers there, I think that we will see him evolve more as a passer. But I still think that we will never see him be like Andrew Luck or anything like that. I think that he's probably a more – a, a nastier version of Deshaun Watson where he can, you know, have games where he'll throw multiple touchdowns, but he's never going to really have like a 500 yard passing game or anything outlandish like that. Yeah. Tony, real quick, Mason Rudolph, future of the league. 
Devlin Hodges, Duck. My boy Duck is the future of the league. Get it right. We got to talk about the, the options out there with, with uh, Jameis or Cam Newton. Like, are the Steelers looking at any of these guys out there? No. So Kevin Colbert did one his, you know, his quarantine interview on Steelers.com, and he basically said the Steelers are done in free agency now. Uh, oh, you know, they look, wow. they made a couple big moves this week, right? I mean, look, they got Derek Watt for three and a half million dollars a year. Um, and I know, look, and, and listen, the Derek Watt thing is cute because he's a Watt brother and, and everyone's talking, you know, a lot of people in Steeler Nation think they can parlay this into getting JJ. Okay. That's not going to happen. Uh, but Derek Watt's a good special teamer and the Steelers, you know, one of the, one of the things about uh, this team and, and the losses they've had. Is what you need to put you to the, to the hump. No, no, but what I'm saying is like the the a couple of the losses the Steelers had that aren't aren't big names, right? Anthony Chicolo and Tyler Matikavich, not exactly household names, but they were two very good core special teamers uh, mm. that the Steelers had that they lost. And so bringing in Derek Watt, he's a very good special teamer. No, the big but the big signing the Steelers had was Eric Ebron. And by the way, it's not you know people keep reporting it's like the Steelers signed Eric Ebron, right? No, no, they signed specifically 2018 Eric Ebron. Okay, and I don't think people have reported that enough because 2019 Eric Ebron sucked. No one wants that guy. He's trash, absolute trash. But 2018 Eric Ebron, well, this guy had 13 touchdowns, a fantastic year. So that's the guy they signed, and I'm very excited to watch him in Pittsburgh. And it's not Ladarius Green 2.0. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. He came from Indianapolis. He has a lot <laughs> problem. He's insanely athletic and probably going to look really good in training camp. It's Dante Moncrief 2.0, but we're not going to – we're not there yet. We're not there yet. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> Can't wait to see what 2020 uh, Eric Ebron looks. He says, J. Will 501 here says that the Steelers should have kept Josh – Dobbs. Josh Dobbs, yeah. Shout out. Hargrave was a big loss. Yeah. Har was Hargrave's a big loss, but here's the thing about Hargrave, right? He plays nose tackle in in our three in the Steelers 3-4, which the Steelers aren't in base that often anyway. So he's only getting about 60% of the snaps, and that's because Tua was hurt, and so he was filling in there. The Steelers are going to hope that Tua is healthy now, and Hargrave you know, wasn't going to get a ton of the reps. Alu-Alu can fill in there. Uh, the, the Steelers, by the way, uh, they got Chris Wormley. Appreciate that, Sonny. Appreciate Chris Wormley. He's a good run defender, quality guy. But don't worry, you guys got Michael Brockers, right, to replace him. So it's it's fine. Oh, come on, we got the wolf. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Brockers. Oh, he, oh, he's in LA now. I forgot about Tommy, that. I got, I got a question for you. I've heard, because, you know, I, I went to school in Youngstown, so I got a ton of Pittsburgh Steelers fans that I'm friends with. When the hell are we going to see Ola, Ola, whatever his name is, finally play some regular season snaps? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Ace. <laughs> We're talking about Ola Dini? Yeah, yeah, James Harrison 2.0. Listen, Ola part. got some snaps last year, but you know, there's another <laughs> name you guys need to know about at the Steelers' edge rush, and that's Tuzar like Skipper. Don't forget about my boy Tuzar as well. Tuzar. Like baseball. <laughs> This like, uh, like a baseball player. Sounds like he coaches. Sounds like he manages the Pirates. Get out of here. <laughs> what position? Multi-talented. What the multi-talented guy? Mr. Skipper play? Edge. He's another edge. I'm telling you. Oh, the are loaded. I get sacked by some dude named Skipper. I'm retiring. I'm retiring. I quit. Well, I listen, I got, I got bad news for Baker. Oh, here comes Tuzar Skipper right on his heels. Cut Baker. Led the NFL in sacks last year. Led the NFL in sacks last year in the preseason. Okay, so you know he's getting there. Okay, so look, who the stepping stone? It's a stepping stone. Who the skipper takes snaps from? 
But or or what? No, he takes a break. Whoever's like, hey man, I I need this playoff. That's when Olar Skipper comes in. No way, he ain't gonna see those guys. At some point, I gotta respect Tony Russell here, man, because Tony ain't gonna talk about. The big names. He's yeah. not gonna sit here and brag about Ben Roethlisberger or TJ Watt. No, Tony goes hard for the working man in the NFL. That's right. That's Tony right. is a working man, man. He's never, <laughs> he doesn't fawn over Juju. He is real excited over James. James Washington, baby, Watt. let's go. <laughs> He's not going crazy for TJ Watt. He goes hard for the dude who got five sacks. Like that's who he in preseason. Don't forget about in preseason. So, so let's be honest. I will concede that the Browns. I will concede that the Browns have the best two receivers in the in the division right now on uh, OBJ and uh, and Juice. And I will say, Green, when healthy, is probably currently number three. He can be two or three. Mm-hmm. Then that, James Washington, right after that. No, and I agree with that. that, I agree fourth, with that I'll, no. I'll actually, I'll agree with that. But that fourth, I would say, is probably Tyler Boyd. It's Tyler Boyd. Don't disrespect him like that. It's Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd, I mean, Tyler Boyd did have a thousand yards last season. Okay, so so let me go with Tyler. Okay, fine, I'll go with Tyler. Fifth, I, I have to say, I I think. Oh, is it's, he going to go Hollywood, bro? I think it's, oh, I no. Think it's don't do it. Don't do it. Come on. He's on the juice. He's going to the juice. are we doing? He's going to the juice. 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 He's going to for the first half of this stream and Sonny just ruined it. Now I have to be Stephen A. Smith because he's lost his mind. Look, look. Did you just say look, look. Marquise Brown is better than all Did you just say that on national TV? I said it. And look. Oh, my God. Hold on. Juju. Juju from whatever last year, which I said when he doesn't have the blanket of AB, he was going to struggle. We discussed this last year. You cannot cannot judge any Steeler receiver based on Duck and Mason throwing the ball. And I love Duck, and I'm not trying to bash Duck. Oh, wait, don't play well at the end of the year. Why on that argument? Have you judged Brown's wide receivers? Within the last twenty years, okay, yeah, you, yeah. you can judge. Of course. and I'm going to continue doing it right after we get done with this Hollywood thing. All right, because Duck and Duck and Mason Rudolph don't hold a candle to a man named Brandon Whedon. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, Brandon Whedon wouldn't throw anybody though. You guys didn't have. You guys legitimately didn't have any good. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Who led the league in receiving uh, yards? Josh Gordon. For how many games? Uh, listen, I don't want to make fun. Twelve games. Jason Campbell, Brian Hoyer, and Brandon Weeden. Yeah, that's true. Got drafted as a thirty-year-old man. But let's not take attention away that Sonny said the fifth best wide receiver <laughs> in the AFC North had five hundred and eighty-four yards last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On a run, on a running hey, 584. Speed. That's it. That's it. Hold that's on a second. I, I got news for you. Tony scored the record 584. That's Tony's territory. Right 735, there. my friends. That's J Dub James Washington. In fact, 
Uh, Deontay Johnson had we six games. We lost on the street. <laughs> Juju, Juju, who only played in 12 games last year and had crap quarterback play the whole time. So I accept your apology, Sonny. No, no, no. This distancing is making everybody go crazy. I right was now. saying oh, that Hollywood with one foot played 12 games and he was the fifth best receiver in this division. Again, I think OBJ, Landry, Green, and Boy. And if we, we can take Green last year because he didn't play. Hey, right, but if healthy, I think Green is number three. Boy, agree fourth. You're right, but I think fifth Hollywood, and then you can put Hollywood. Juju. Wow, you can put Juju or James or Deontay Toledo. Deontay Johnson. Now listen, I'm I'm going back to the well on this one. Deontay oh, Johnson is the most talented. Oh, boy, crazy dog on the screen right now. <laughs> are, we, are we really saying that Hollywood is the fifth best receiver in this division? Are we He's really not. saying that? He's absolutely you know, dog. Like, Hollywood's not even the bit fifth best wide receiver. The it's fifth best receiver on the Ravens right now. They got four tight ends I'm going to throw to. Right. That's our number two option last year. It was Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. You could have made the Mark argument Andrews. that Mark Andrews is the fifth best oh, wide yeah, receiver. But, but I, I didn't want to put tight ends. Because if we put tight ends, I think for sure Andrews is our best receiver. And hey. then uh, you can hey. argue. Go Tell ahead. him that Don Ross is the sixth best wide receiver right now. Come on, top. Yeah, is, Don Ross is Hollywood Brown better than John Ross though? Like of John Ross yeah. played last year and had five, five. Hollywood Brown three touchdowns. Yeah. John Ross did look pretty hot, and he run a four two forty. The only thing is John Ross can't stay healthy. That's something. Neither can Marquise Brown though. Hey, he played eleven. He played fourteen games. He started eleven, and he had seven touchdowns, five eighty-four yards, and a team that run the ball for the most part. That's all I'm saying. Yards quick. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. I still gotta go with Juju at number five. Yeah, 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 I still gotta go with Juju. You will see Juju Auden again. Tate had Bravo better numbers than Marquise year. Brown in 12 games. You said Auden Tate did? Auden Tate had better numbers than Marquise Brown in 12 games. Yeah. So what are we doing? That was in garbage time. That was in garbage time. No, Let's make sure this is correct information. Yeah, Auden Tate had 575 yards. It is. It is. Auden Tate got off last year. I didn't say he got off last year. 12 games. He had 571. 575. And you and Marquise had 584 with seven touchdowns. All right, so they're equal. They're equal. He had Auden Tate. I'm numbers. pretty sure Auden Tate only had, Brown had significantly more snaps than Auden Tate. I'm pretty sure. Auden. <laughs> How many targets did Hollywood have? Sunny. Anyone. You know what? Shout out to you because somebody had to go over right, right. this stream, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got really? that, was that was a good hot take. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Troy. Sonny, I know you've seen this video, right? The Ravens put out this little video of Marquise Brown like doing routes in like yeah. wherever he was. And all these Raven fans are like, oh, he looks hot. He looked he was running these routes so slow. Like I was like, there was no he was explosivity to these he routes. Was like, he was no. practicing with his boy AB. Fire emojis below there. I was like, come on. This is like when uh, that one dude pointed out, put up bed in that high school gym, throwing in hoodie and a sweatshirt. Like, oh, you better be scared of him. Oh, oh, man. I told you guys about Robo Ben. I tried to warn you. 
You know what, though? I love that Stiller fans will just get excited at the whiff of Ben because it helps my Twitter gain, like, popularity when I roast the Stillers for just being unrealistic. I've told you guys this before. Ben is all we have left. I mean, it's, it's all we got. I, you know, after Ben, it's over. And all I'm saying is wide receivers are, are a cursed subject on this show. <laughs> there is a long history of getting excited over wide receivers. James Washington might just get like 300 yards next season. Marquise Brown, we'll see. We'll see. The Ravens already talk about drafting another wide receiver. Yeah, they're they're ready to replace him. He's out. Old no, we just need another one, man. Come on. Oh no, no. Ain't Jerry Judy the same thing? But better. Judy? Nah. Judy is better. Judy is better. I'm not discrediting oh Look at that. That's fantastic. Shout That's your boy. You. Shout out to Brett Kiesel. He's taking that 40 million next year. <laughs> he definitely That's, a is. Super Bowl. That's the look of a Super Bowl champion. That's the look of a dude who harasses you at 7 <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> I mean, that sounds true. <laughs> Be real, your Uber driver pulled up looking like that. Would you get in? No, yeah, you're not getting in the car. You're not getting in the car. Not, <laughs> I'll walk. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he should be, he like in, he should in, be the, in the Tiger King. Like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly like he can be in the Tiger King show. Definitely, he looks like one of those guys. Exactly. I'll, all I'm saying is that I'm waiting for Colin Coward to do the that's not how a CEO of a team looks segment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay, so, my guys. I think I think we should we should uh, mock it up. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do, do, it. do a mock. Let's do a mock. Let, let me see. Let me see. Sonny, you better not draft the wide receivers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot yeah. of Steelers picks on this one. We got a lot of picks. Might as well move to what? Are the Browns after us? Might as well just you know Joe Burrow. I mean, just just write it in. Joe Burrow. Chase Young. Right? Chase Chase Young. Young. Let's have a community vote. Yeah, Chase I, I like Chase Young here. I like Chase Young here. <laughs> Big fan like of Chase this. Young. John Gruden likes Chase Young here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You want a football player? You go Chase Young number. We're going with the Tiger King, the Tiger King, Joe Burrow, Joe Exotic. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There you go, Tracy. Who's available to him? I got Tristan Wirfs. Let me cut. Let me see the D tackle. Isaiah Simmons is gone. That's good. Who's is gone? Wait, what are the are the Browns even in the market for a corner? What's the deal with Greedy Williams? Because I, I like Greedy a lot. Damn, they took Derek Brown number three. Yeah. Yikes. Let me see these tackles that's on the board. All of them, basically. Are they all available? No tackle has been drafted. Ooh. <laughs> Let me no get tackle? I mean, that's it's a no-brainer then. Henry Ruggs. No, 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 no. Henry Ruggs at 10? <laughs> no, no. I, I'm not, I like Henry Ruggs a lot. Yeah, let's get a third wide receiver with the 10th figure to draft. <laughs> Especially with you just pay a bunch of money to your tight end. Oh, I'm going to get Tristan. Tristan Wirfs, whatever his last name is. Let's get a fat guy. Okay, there you go. Solid pick. And if the Browns have their pick of tackle at 10, that would be insane. Yeah, that would be. Uh, Somebody drafted Clavon Chisholm. Wait, who did the Dolphins get at 18? Xavier McKinney at safety. You guys think he's uh, better than Minka or not? 
Yeah, I think he's much better. The way they're talking about him, they claim that he is, but I don't know. Minka was pretty was pretty good. He's better because he has a better last name. And can he really play? He, can Minka really play the slot corner? I've heard a lot he about that. He didn't at all pretty much last year. They played him in one spot because he joined the team mid-year. They, they think they want to move him around more. Listen, he played so well at free safety. Uh, I don't think they should move him around, but I think they're going to because Tomlin loves versatile defenders. Yeah, I think, I think, got no hips. I think this is sort of pick one of these two guys. If if who are you going with? I'm gonna go with Queens, but I, I can definitely see us going for a year. You better scroll down and get a wide receiver. Nah, you're just going Queen right off. I got a lot of people like Queen a lot. I haven't watched his tape yet. Oh, I, I'm okay on Queen. I would prefer a Panessa. Oh, that's right. We got Bengals now. Ooh, Bengals. Okay. Okay. It's kind of hard for me to see the screen. Oh, no running backs taken yet. No. Kind of hard for me to see the screen. I can't really. Oh. No, I'm not on my phone. I'm on my, my laptop. I tried to like. So we have. Let, oh, me, read, let, let me read you some of the picks. DeAndre uh, Swift, running back out of Georgia. All right, no Pitt. running backs. I'm not looking at running backs. Uh, Pitt, safety out of LSU. What okay. position are you looking at? I'm uh, looking at offensive linemen. I'm also looking at linebackers and uh, wide receivers as well. So linemen, the highest rank is Cesar Ruiz and Esser Cleveland from Boise State. Wide receivers, we had T. Higgins here. <clears throat> uh, edge player, we had Terrell Austin Lewis. Austin Jackson is up there, too. Yep. Um, Austin Jackson from SC is up, yeah. Wow. Taylor. You looking inside linebacker or edge rusher? Inside yeah. linebacker. Inside linebacker? You took, you took Queen, so. Yeah. You got to trade You got to trade with Sonny. Ooh. You had these three. Harrison from Ohio State, Brooke from Texas Tech, and Willie Gate Jr. at the highest. Really Huh. Um, I'm thinking about this. I was thinking about Del Pitt because of our safety situation. But we just picked up Von Bell, though. So yeah. we got Von Bell. And, and Jesse Bates Bates. is good, man. Jesse Bates is good. I'm going to go with uh, – I will take Austin Jackson. Give me Austin Jackson from USC. From USC. I'll take that. Good pick. Okay. Good pick. So the Steelers eventually will pick up. Yeah, we'll be up. We'll be up. Don't worry. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so we Quincy. We'll make a pick. Surprising enough, DeAndre Swift oh. is still there, and Grand Delpit, the safety, still there. At least I'm not uh, taking Dobbins, T. Higgins. Yeah, Marlon Davis. Can I just say I hate how this draft is playing out for the Steelers? Let me see the inside <laughs> the tackles. Inside of oh, the D tackle IDL, yeah. Marlon Davidson from Arbin, and Justin. Raekwon Davis. And Raekwon Davis from Bama. Yep. How fat is Raekwon Davis? Oh, he's humongous. It's like 6'7, 300. Hold on. I can tell you right now. He is 6'7, 312. He's yeah. a big boy. Big boy. Well, Alabama was kind of garbage against the run last year. No, no. he That's what he does. He's not a very good pass rusher, but he's a good, but he's a better run defender. It's a, yeah. Inside. He probably right, played. 84. This is, this is totally 54. 54. 54. So probably going to be around. The next time, hell no. You have Marlon Davidson. They rank as a 40th player, and you're pick 41st. Let me see his stats, his size. He is 6'3", 297. Nah, got to get out of here. We need a fat boy. <laughs> what are you looking for, like a 400-pound sumo wrestler? At I'm looking for this. Look, 6'3", 304. Put some boot. Oh, and his name, Matabuke? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Draft him. 
That sounds like a home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, tell me that don't sound like something. Oh, we're a Steelers oh. next. Let's go. Delpit's still going to be on the board, Delpit's huh? Delpit's still there. Delpit's still there. You better oh. draft J.K. Dobbins. You need, you, you, you you need, need that running back. Okay, okay. Here's where I, here's where I am. Now, Steeler fans who listen to Locked On Steelers with my old co-host Chris Carter will know that he has been saying for months now that the Steelers have to take a running back here. And if the draft played out this way, where the only running back off the board so far is DeAndre Swift, and the Steelers can have their pick of Dobbins, Taylor, they, they have you know Edward Delaire, who I love. I mean, Edward Delaire is one of my favorite players in yeah. this draft. Same. Are we doing this by what I think the Steelers should do or what I would do? I just drafted a dude because of his last yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, show me wide receiver. Oh, I see. People's Jones the only one left, so that's gonna be Pittman's gonna be available too, right? That would, oh, that would that would seem like a pick y'all would do. People's so another wide receiver. Yeah, it's it, it's the problem is there's no value at wide receiver anymore, even though this is a good six wide two, receiver draft. Ah, uh, People's Jones is okay. I like Pittman though. He's six four, and he's exactly the kind of receiver the Steelers like. Big, physical, good off the line of scrimmage, combat catch guy, catch radius. Um, Serviceable but not great. Yeah. Show me safety again. Is, is Winfield oh, Winfield and Delpit are both still available? Yeah. I'm gonna draft JK Dobbins. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Delpit. And listen, I understand that the Steelers already have Trail Edmonds. I'm gonna take Delpit anyway. There's three three safety sets. Delpit, 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 Delpit last year. If he comes out last year, he's a top ten pick. Good I got him at 49. That's yeah. a great pick. That's a great pick for the AFC North. Even though you could have kept your, you know, first rounder. And you would have got J.K. Dobbins. I would have pooped my pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sonny, where are you going? Uh, no, you got to get if, I Jonathan Taylor on the board. You got a wide receiver, man. You got it. That's, it, it, yeah, it see, the problem with wide receiver is there's not a lot of value here. It is for the Ravens. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Look up Brandon uh, Brandon Ayuk, the the guy from Arizona State. Isn't he like six seven? Yeah. No, he's he's not that big. But I actually drafted him. Yeah. You got another pick in the second round? Yeah, man. Goodness. Ooh, load up. Where are you going? Y'all what always draft some dude with some name last name that's oh. Owasu Peanut. <laughs> okay, so here's the picks, my guys. He are the picks. The Browns killed it. Burrow and Austin Jackson. The Browns killed Browns, it. Worth and Marabouk. <laughs> I mean, not even right now. <laughs> um, the, the, the Ravens pick Patrick Queens, Brandon Mayuk, and Okwara. And then the Steelers pick Delpe. Now, I will say we are the team with the most picks in the first two rounds. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. it's because of the trades you made, right? The, the yeah. trade for um, what's Yo. his name? I want to call him Hunter Hayden Henry, Hurst. but he's not Hunter. Mar- uh, Hayden, <laughs> Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Hayden Hurst. There you go. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm, I'm looking up pictures of my bouquet. Really thick legs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's One the thing man. about the Steelers. Here's the thing about me taking a safety there in the second round, right? You know, the Steelers already have two starters, Terrell Edmonds and Mika. You know, taking a safety there may not make a whole lot of sense, but they don't have a ton of needs right now. I mean, there's no glaring need on the Steelers right now what because of the way, because of what they had drafted or because of what they, they signed in free agency. Did you say quarterback? Did you say quarterback? 
Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I didn't even look. You notice I didn't even look. We didn't even go to the quarterback page. I don't want to know. There's no <laughs> chance in hell they're taking a quarterback with the second pick or their second round pick. This Not a chance in hell. I don't think you've heard of him. His name is Duck Hodges. He's a world champion, okay, in duck calling, and he's also a very good quarterback. In duck calling. I think trading up for Lamb, that would be a good pick for you guys, especially with him coming from a quarterback that's kind of mobile. That might be a good a good weapon for Lamar. And let's be real. All the Steelers' best receivers are old Baker Mayfield targets. The Steelers' best receivers? Yeah, they get a lot of like old Oklahoma guys. Oh, uh, we used to. Now we got well, Oklahoma State. James Washington, Oklahoma State. You're talking about the Ravens. Yeah, I'm talking about the Ravens. Oh, oh the Ravens. Steelers. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Oklahoma has been good to us. We have <coughs> Junior over there on the right tackle side. We have Andrews and we have Hollywood. So I wouldn't mind a CD Lamb is there for us. Trade us. would be nice. Trade us Lamar for Baker. You could just do Oklahoma. <laughs> no, I'm fine with Lamar. You can keep Baker. So let me let me just throw this question. I think we discussed this last week, and with this guys one, we can go ahead. Let me show y'all my boy real quick. <laughs> we gotta get First of all, my boy looked like he cooked ribs. He looks like he could be Andrew Billings' brother. <laughs> my man, my man definitely singing his church choir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely gets sweaty early too. Like he definitely wanted on. <laughs> but anyways, before I distract everybody with that nonsense. Oh man. <laughs> Look, somebody at See a lot of a lot of the Steelers guys in the chat are saying I should have taken Taylor, and, and I mean, look, the Steelers probably will take Taylor there. I just what don't value Taylor? running back like I don't value running back like that. I don't I don't think the the value of Taylor at forty nine versus if we can wait till the third round and get Edwards Alaire or someone like that, or even like a Cam Akers. I just feel like those players are not that different in an offense like the Steelers, where um, you know you don't need to. The, the focal point of the offense is not going to be the running back. So the problem is what your your quarterback. Well, I yeah, the focus of the offense is gonna be Mr. Ben Roethlisberger. With the yeah. with the Tommy John elbow. Yeah, exactly. It's not Tommy John's, by the way. Not Tommy John's. Some other kind of surgery. <laughs> definitely not Tommy John's. Some other elbow injury. Well, with similarly <laughs> length recovery rate. Yes. Exactly. Not Tommy John. No, no. Tommy John's will take you like a year. Like, he, Ben's gonna be thrown here in a couple weeks. There's no quarantine to be thrown right now. He's gonna be throwing chili bugs back on this. <laughs> Whatever it takes to get that arm worked down. He's ready to be back in the Hey, didn't they say that they saw him casting for Doc Dynasty with Doc Hodges? <laughs> him and him and Duck, you know, it's a perfect match. Ben Roethlisberger been on quarantine before this whole Corona. No, he doesn't. You don't understand what coronavirus is. <laughs> We're going on. Okay, so to to wrap up, because I, I this is a this is something that doesn't matter in what stream I am. They always ask, and since we have Mister Clown here itself. We, I had to ask, I think we discussed this a little bit last stream, but since it, were, it wasn't live and we have some people here charming in. The office for the Browns, is it going to be running or is it going to be more passing? Is it going to be more like Baker's first year or more like last year's? Because they added another weapon 
they, it's a catching tight end, right? Well, he's a blocker too. He, uh, coming out of coming out of college, Austin Hooper was lauded for his blocking ability. Yeah, you so didn't make him the highest paid ball. tight end for blocking. Yeah, I'm saying all I'm saying is that he was a blocking tight end until he started catching the ball, and all of a sudden people were like, "Well, he's a receiving tight end. He's he's a all around good tight end." You know, and look, here's what the Browns are gonna do. You're asking me if they're gonna be more like Baker's first year or more like Baker's yeah. second year. Clearly, they're gonna be nothing like. Okay, I don't know what he just said, but clearly, we're, they're gonna be nothing like last year because last year sucked and they went six and ten and they were garbage. Why would? Come on now, come on right. now. That would be well, like. I will agree with you. The offense is gonna look different. If we're gonna lose the same number of games, but the offense will look different. That'd be like that'd be like if OBJ decided that he wanted to take his game to a next level, so he started doing James Washington's workouts. Like, come on, this is hustling backwards. Fair, fair. So, so yeah, it's probably going to look closer to what they did, but it's probably going to be something completely different in year one. It's going to be kind of that Kyle Shanahan run-heavy offense. And honestly, if you look at the success they had in Minnesota um, with Dalvin Cook, you look at the success that they had in San Francisco with dudes who came off the street, you put Nick Chubb and Jack Conklin in that kind of a role with Kareem Hunt as the backup, for the whole year too, because they took marijuana off the CBA. Shout out! Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you take you put that in there with the Kyle Shanahan zone blocking scheme. What? That's a hard thing to stop. And then you could pull the ball out and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna do a play action bootleg and throw this ball all the way down the field to." Maybe the best slant runner in NFL history, Odell Beckham Jr. And, and, he's if he's open, and if he's not open, we'll just dump it off to Juice Landry, who is a beast after the catch. I know because he has thoroughly embarrassed players on all of y'all's teams. I love Juice. With the ball in his hand. Juice the is problem love. is when Baker throws that pick. He ain't going to throw the pick because Baker is surrounded by blankets this year. See, last year he had no blanket. No blanket. They just threw the boy out there with Freddie Kitchens. They didn't give him no blankets. They took away David and Joku. They were like, hey, Baker, just, 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 eh, yeah. You know you know what I mean? Like, we've all had those. You, you know, you, listen, we, we talk a lot about Jameis. We joke about Jameis in the 30-30 club. You know, Baker's right behind him in the 2020 club last year. I don't know if Baker can get to 30 touchdowns. I'm not sure he can get to 30 touchdowns. But 30 interceptions, I, 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 I don't I, – I, it might happen. He's going to get 10 on the Steelers alone this season. Put it 10 in. interceptions? Yeah. I'm not 10 touchdowns against <laughs> right now. Five and five. Five, five, five. And five on yeah. the head, Tony. And he's going to get 20 against everybody else. He's going to get 30 of them boys over against y'all. And Sonny, I don't know why Sonny is laughing or smiling right now because Baker Mayfield has a winning record against your precious Ravens. That's okay. The, the only team he has yet to conquer is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who he does has a losing record against. And I think yeah. what well, he, he's what three and one against the, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. But Ace ain't Ace ain't jumping. Yeah. Yeah, three, three and one. You know, so look, look, Baker Mayfield is going to look a lot better in the Kyle Shanahan offense. You know, like if, if you look at what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in that offense, Jimmy Garoppolo is garbage. Yeah, I said it. He's he garbage. garbage. He's trash. He's you know how I know he's trash? He's overrated, but he's not. That's how I know he's trash. Kyle Shanahan ran the ball for like entire possessions 
multiple times in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. You know when people do that on Madden, that's when they have a trash quarterback. It's like, I'm going to just run this thing and not throw the ball because my quarterback's going to throw one of them garbage interceptions. Jimmy Garoppolo threw an interception in the NFL with his eyes closed. He's trash. He's trash. I don't care what nobody tells me. He's $100 million worth of garbage that somebody bought, and Kyle Shanahan is desperately trying to sell. I've never seen a guy scheme around his star quarterback more than I've seen somebody scheme around Kyle Shanahan. They still got to the championship game despite that because that offense can open up a lot. Of well, I, I would actually argue the Titans probably hit Ryan Tannehill a little more. Didn't Ryan Tannehill throw like six passes against the Ravens? Uh, it was a lot. I don't know. Nobody is acting like Ryan Tannehill's good. Yeah. When Ryan Tannehill signed that contract, what did everybody say? Well, that's good for Ryan. I mean, yeah. Ryan. They're 14. Okay, I was wrong. Nobody, nobody said that was good for the Titans. Nobody was like, oh, the Titans, you better watch out other than Titans fans. So we already know Ryan Tannehill is garbage. But everybody wants to talk to me. Well, not everybody, but a good chunk of people want to talk to me about how Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be good. That boy is garbage. And then they tell me, just wait. Jimmy's going to develop into a great player. That boy 30. That boy 30. He is a little old. He is a little old. That's like with Taysom Hill, how people are like, Taysom Hill's going to develop into a pocket passer. Lamar Jackson is 23, and you won't give him that ring. But you're going to tell me this 30-year-old going to start? I don't understand the Taysom Hill. I I do not understand it. So, the question I think the San Francisco 49ers should go after a guy like Cam and make an open competition between Cam and um. They should have. Yeah, they, they don't have the cap space for that, do they? They probably do. I don't know. Calling off uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or like the Steelers. Y'all would take a y'all would take a garbage quarterback like that, you know? Yeah, we would take Garoppolo in a heartbeat to back up Ben. Yes, no doubt about it. They have fourteen no, mil. They, I mean, at this point, Cam is a cheap deal full of incentive. And you make yeah. an up open competition. Where do you guys think Cam's oh, going to end up? Troy, go Troy, what you talking about? He has a he Baker does have a winning record against y'all because he's well, it's two and two, but you know, is it two and two? Yeah, two two. But he won the game that when the still when they were on the winning streak, so that adds an extra percentage point. So that's over five hundred. It's over five hundred. Oh, actually a great point. Oh, that's not true. We lost. He won at home. He won at home. He beat the Ravens. In Pitts, in Baltimore, okay. and that was a better team. So that was after, yeah, that was after we lost to KC. Because I, I remember you guys beat us, and you're like, "Oh, we're two and two. Oh, hold on, here the Browns are coming." After that, we didn't lose any game, and yeah, well, we know what happened to the clowns. Got lucky for 14 weeks straight, and then your luck ran out. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. But, <laughs> that's but, just, that's just facts. Yeah, but we got to do this college football style. Which win was more unexpected? So it means more. Browns, so Browns have a better two and two record against the Ravens. And that's I don't think I don't think at that point the Browns were unexpectedly winning. They were early in the season. No, the Browns looked like doo doo the first three weeks of the season. Straight yeah, I remember doo-doo. they got they got slapped by the Titans week one. Yeah, it was a very because they got beat by the Titans. They looked like garbage against the garbage Jets, and then they just lost to um what the Rams on one of Rams, the yeah. They caught the the draw play on fourth down. The, everybody knew the Browns were going to be garbage by that point. Oh, I recall somebody saying we're gonna go perfect season on the back end. I gotta keep oh, remember that's after they beat the Bills. They, they, they beat the Bills and all or no, they beat the Bills and Steelers in back to back weeks, and all of a sudden Quincy thought like, there's no stopping hey, this train now. It looked like a train was rolling downhill. 
can't either Miami. Well, you or ran into Denver. Duck. See, the problem is you didn't you didn't see Duck coming, right? Duck showed up, and that's when the uh, the Browns hype train had to get a little derailed. Oh, no, the Duck ain't what happened. Duck is what happened. Mason Rudolph helmets were half. Okay, <laughs> that's what happened. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Well, I probably did hurt Mason, but Miles Garrett going Super Saiyan six on Mason Rudolph. <laughs> it's what happened that ruined the season. Okay, I, I say I think uh, Cam goes to either Miami or Denver. That's where I think that he's going to be. Dem- but the Dem- 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 LA. I don't see a Denver. LA is a possibility as well. Yeah. I don't see Denver because Denver has a young guy. I don't think Cam is here to. Drew Lock. Drew yeah. Lock is enough for you to pass on Cam Newton. I mean, right now everybody's passing on Cam Newton. Yeah, but I think Miami is. is I, think, I, I don't think people were passing on him because remember there was that report that came out like a month ago, like oh Cam's off the market, it's not happening anymore. Right. And yeah. then, like, the free agency thing happened, and then all of a sudden the Panthers are signing Teddy Bridgewater, and then he's like, oh, I want out. But it was right. literally, like, after all quarterbacks made their decision. No, they, they, they did him dirty. And, then they, you know, and look, and the Bengals did the same thing to Andy Dalton, right, last year, where they, they didn't put him on the right. trade market, and they're like, oh, by the way, you're benched now. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, signing Teddy and then being like, okay, hey, Cam, you can you can go look for a trade now. I'm surprised you know, they, they did him wrong yeah. there because there's, right. no, there's not a whole lot of landing spots for him anymore. I think my right. – Yes, Miami is the, the only one. I just find it hard for like Cam to go to a situation. I love Cam. I think Cam's a great person. I think he's a good leader. But Cam's not necessarily the type of dude that's going to be like, yeah, I'm just holding this down for my homeboy. Right. That's not. Right. That's, that's not really how he kick it. Right. Like, I'm worried about him going to Miami though. I don't think that that's the best environment for him. But that might be the only one though. Boy, Cam Newton in Miami. Ah, oh, that's going to be hot. That's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the best opportunity. That's the best place for him to go to. Cam, look, let's let's talk about the greatest Cam Newton place that he can go to. Can you imagine Cam Newton filling in the full void for Tom Brady? Yeah, in that's the spot. That's the spot. Can you imagine Bill Belichick after going in a press conference with one of them sweaty hoodies and then Cam coming in with a little suit? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the glasses. Yeah, Bill I don't, I don't understand how it hasn't happened yet. It makes so much sense. Trying that to, I, try to, Cam trying to do team speak is going to be the best meme yes, of 2020. Exactly. I thought the Ravens came at us incredibly. Here's the, <laughs> here's the odds. Here's the odds. Uh, courtesy of Bet Online: Chargers two to one, Redskins three to one, Broncos four to one, Patriots four and a half to one, Jaguars seven to one, Dolphins seven to one. The Raiders sixteen to one. The Steelers twenty eight to one. The Bengals forty. The Steelers. So the problem that I have is if you have a young quarterback, Cam Newton's not like Quincy was saying. He's not there to be like mentoring or none of that. Right. He's there to. This is my job, and I'm not losing it. So if you have a young quarterback like the Redskins that they think they can develop, Broncos they seem to be like in lock. So those team, I, I wouldn't say that they're in for. But right now. You have uh, Miami. It has nothing. Gotta, well, they're going to have They're going to get two. You got to win now. You can't just sit back and say, is this guy going to work out or not? Especially if the Chargers are down. Phillip Rivers just left that division. You look at the Patriots. They're vulnerable right now. Miami could go and take them. You can't just say, we're just going to sit back and trust this guy. Because if he's not the guy, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Look, here, here's why the Chargers need to desperately sign Cam Newton. 
they are trying to get fans to come to that new stadium in yeah. SoFi, and they barely sold out the StubHub Arena, which only seats twenty thousand. <laughs> yeah, soccer uh, stadium. And look, 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 I'm just be, be let's be real. We all have some kind of economic knowledge. We're all adults. Um, sure. Nobody is checking for the Chargers in LA to begin with. No, they're not no, about no, to no. be like, oh, Tyron Taylor holding it down. Let me go buy a ticket for that. No, it's gonna seem like the Clippers to the to the Rams Lakers. If you're the the Chargers, you need to get something to make people want to care about you or think about your right. team. Inside of Cam Newton, he's gonna be all over the television set. People are gonna know there's a, actually another team in LA, um, and it makes sense. You know, Cam really never has had those wide receiving targets there like a Keenan Allen throughout his career. Like he had like Steve Smith on the back end, Greg Olson. You know, all reliable, but that was just the one dude. So Cam Newton really has not benefited from having a lot of targets. And I think, you know, I thought the best place for him to go would be Tampa Bay because that made a ton of sense. Him with Mike Evans, that could be something dangerous. But, you know, I think Cam going to L.A., the Chargers, they in a whole new uniform, put Cam in there, let him do his little dances and all that. Like, ain't nobody going to be mad about Cam being Cam. That's why I don't think it will work with Bill Belichick. Like, there are two – like – like, I think I saw the meme where it was like if Cam sends Bill Belichick uh, a text message in that weird text, like. <laughs> hey, but tell me, tell me, sit there with a the straight face, tell me you don't want to have it happen just for those stories. Like, I, I, oh, can't, yeah. I will watch every single Patriots game because I can't wait till Cam, like, does something he's excited about. He's celebrating and he runs to Bill Belichick to dap him up. And what is Bill Belichick going to do when the dap comes to him from a man that's esteemed in the art form is Cam Newton. That is not everybody's favorite. The next day, Patriots release Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like oh, maybe you know, Belichick retires. One of the two. There, there's not. It doesn't seem like there's a huge market. Although uh, I think Mark makes a good point in the chat where he says teams can't perform medicals right now, which may be holding up any sort of like, hey, you know, let's uh, let's shoulder, look at Cam you know. and make sure that that you know that he you know he's, he's going to hold up. Uh, but it, it also feels like to me, like, you know, and you guys are making, bringing up a good point about Cam not wanting to to play placeholder for a guy. Maybe he waits until after the draft, right? Because the Chargers end up getting Herbert and the Dolphins end up getting Tua, right? Those are two places he's not going to want to go. Right. Uh, you know, even the Redskins, look, they have Dwayne Haskins, but, you know, he did play for Ron Rivera there. The Redskins, I think, is, a, is an interesting one. Yeah, Dwayne make- Haskins ain't worth holding off nobody. I mean, I didn't see anything. Right. I think the Redskins are, are caught up because they've got Alex Smith's contract. I don't know how that's right. gonna. That's probably what's keeping them at bay right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And they got Dan Snyder, who's allergic to making good moves for that. Team. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably gonna sign Jameis to a thirty-five million dollar a year contract. Did the Bears trade for Foles before Newton came on the market? And if oh, so, how oh, stupid do they feel? Can I talk about how dumb what the Bears did was? Can I talk <laughs> yeah, about yeah. that? All right, so the Chicago Bears, and you know, I know that's AFC North Talk, but the Chicago Bears. It's about to be decided, North Talk. Yeah, so decided, hey, man, Teddy Bridgewater, you put in some good work. You know, we want you to play for us, but I think you're asking for too much money, Teddy. You know, that eight up front and that 16 next year is too much money. We can't pay you that. Okay, you still got Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe you just want some competition. Make them make breathe a little bit. Maybe that's the route you're going with. You don't really want to pay money for a starter. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So why do you trade for a more expensive quarterback? <laughs> Only the Bears. 
I think the Jags paid a lot of that salary. Yeah, and, and they, they they all the guaranteeds. They they have all they they took on all the guaranteeds too. That's still sixteen million dollar cap hit. I know you can't avoid the cap hit. Like no, nah. <laughs> what are you thinking? First of all, first of all, Nick Foles played those like he had one good season. And then he had a couple of good games, and he really wasn't even that hot in the Super Bowl. They just he he just was there, and they won it. All right, cool, <laughs> cool. Now Nick Foles has a freedom pass to rob NFL teams of money for the rest of their life, for the rest of his life. All right, Teddy Bridgewater is the most unfortunate, most unfortunate NFL quarterback of recent history. I've never seen a dude who has such an unfortunate history. He he got drafted by Minnesota. After he he through no fault of his own. Remember the twenty we were talking about the twenty fourteen draft. Remember going into the draft, Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, that was like when the season ended. Like the Cardinals finished their season. Teddy Bridgewater consensus top five pick, best quarterback in the draft. Jadavion Clowney hit some dude. Everybody else lost their mind. Next thing you know, he's getting drafted 31 in the draft by Minnesota. He tears his knee when he finally has a good season on a non-contact practice play. His career never rebounds for that because Case Keenum catches fire, gets everybody cut. And then and then he goes to the Jets. I don't even got to explain that. He just went to the Jets. It's unlucky. All right. And then he gets to go to the Saints and goes 5-0. and He went 5-0. and Had good stats. Everybody's talking about his backup. Why isn't it backup plan? Why isn't he going? He should be a franchise quarterback. He could develop. Teddy Bridgewater is younger. They're talking about the 30-year-old dude behind him <laughs> that plays kick returner. Developing yeah, he's a good gunner on, on uh, punt return, though. <laughs> well, Taysom Hill. Taysom, that's, everybody can't. Troy Aikman can't shut up about Taysom Hill. Teddy Bridgewater actually went 5-0 in football games. All right, cool. He asks for money for Chicago. Chicago's like, nah, dog. We want that Nick Foles. Nick <laughs> Foles? He's not even good. They go for the older guy. They went for Jimmy Graham. Has Nick Foles ever been decent outside of Philadelphia? Like, name me one place no. he wasn't garbage no. outside no. of Philadelphia. He was yeah. trash in Kansas City. Yep. He got cut. Okay. Yeah. He was going to retire. Yeah. He was going to retire. He was garbage. He was battling with Kevin Hogan for his yeah. quarterback spot on the team. Yeah. And now people are offering this dude $15 million to start. Like, you're going to replace Mitchell Trubisky with a more mediocre, less mobile version and more expensive version of Mitchell Trubisky? What are you thinking? Well, you could have signed Jameis, and that would have been a much better decision than free. Like, yeah, I, I actually I, I agree with that, yeah. What, what kind of like decision making? There were so many choices they could have made. They could have got Cam. They could have got. I feel. I feel like I'm a Bears fan right now. How just stupid this is. They could have got. You're Cam. heated right now. That's for sure. They could have got Cam. They could have got Jameis. Like all these options. Andy Dalton. You could replace Mitchell Trubisky with slightly better Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. True. True. Especially oh. if they're going for older, right? <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater was an option. You had all Joe these Flacco. Choices. Joe Flacco. Okay, let's let's get crazy here. Hey, all right. Hey, hey. We're, we're in the Case Keenum territory yeah. at that point. All right. But you had all these options. If you just wanted somebody to compete with Mitchell Trubisky, you could have signed Case Keenum. Give him seven. The Browns only gave him six million a year. He would have took the job, competed with the young boy. But no. 
They pay fifteen million dollars for a dude who's who lost his job to Gardner Minshew last year. It's it's, it's Gardner. I, mean, I, I don't know what the Bears are doing. They they obviously are set up for sucking. Well, I'm assuming they went with Foles because Nagy, right? From the Eagles, familiarly with Foles. I always think they can fix a quarterback, right? You know, that, Hugh Jackson swore that he was going to repair RG3's knee. Spoiler warning. He ain't repaired. Okay. <laughs> Nothing got fixed. <laughs> he lost every game that season. Uh, he, right. he won one game. Because the fans. And Cody Kessler came in. And by the way, have you looked at the Patriots quarterback depth chart? That is, it's hilarious. He, he <laughs> is it, it's Hoyer, Hoyer and Stidham? It's yeah. Hoyer, Stidham, and my boy Cody Kessler. Oh, yeah, Cody. <laughs> they got They're the going to go with Stidham, it feels like. They got like. the two other short quarterbacks that wore number six in Cleveland and Jared Stidham. <laughs> All right. I guess Bill Belichick, right? Like, <laughs> we, yeah. What are they doing? Like, what's going to happen there? Are they going to sign Cam? No, they're, they're, it looks like they're going to just go with Stidham. Yeah. That's stupid. They should, Bill Belichick can fix Jameis Winston. If anybody can fix Jameis Winston, Bill Belichick. Someone brought it. this up in chat, but they have no cap space right now. I mean, I, they can probably create some cap space by restructuring some deals and whatnot. I think they're at like $3 million under the cap or something like that. Just, just, just have Bill go to Jameis. Jameis Bill Belichick will go crazy. Score touchdown. <laughs> he will go crazy with the picks. He can't deal with that shit. He oh, will man. go insane with the picks. And also, Bill Belichick is a garbage drafter. Fair. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's way overrated. And right now, we're relying. They're like the Patriots are literally relying on on Bill Belichick to have a good draft right so, now. No Calvin Noy, no Jamie Collins. They lost Danny Shelton. They lost a lot on their defense. The Patriots you know? usually the Patriots usually buy from the Bengals, not the Bengals, the Browns trash, and they become a player as soon as they hit New England for some reason. Yeah, they're about to trade for Olivier Vernon. Like, I don't know what they're about to do. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what they're about to do. Like, what? Like, everybody is still not, like, talked about the Patriots as the mess that they are right now. But, like, yo, what are the Patriots about to do? Are they, yeah, yeah. They, no, some people have this. Some people think that they're tanking right now. Like, this is like what they're doing is trying to tank oh. so that oh, they could no. try to get Trevor. Bill Belichick does not tank. You think I, Bill I mean, Belichick agree, is, but Bill Belichick was spying on the Bengals last season to win a game. <laughs> you think Bill Belichick just about to be there? About to be like, and by the way, did anything ever come of that? They never actually released a penalty for that, was, yet, right? It was supposed to be the penalty was supposed to be on the way. We never heard anything. Yeah. Then Corona happened and then- Roger Goodell told Bill Belichick, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my guys, we need to wrap up. We've been here for almost an hour and a half. And guys, thank you for everybody that has been here joining us live. We want to keep doing this show. This is, this is the dynamic you're going to see. It's, it's a light show. It's fun. Trash talking, all fun. So come here. You can trash talk us through the chat. Uh, I'm SCG Sports. You can find me on SCG Sports on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, IG, wherever. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Quincy, where they can find you, man? Just put that name you see in that little box on your YouTube search bar, and you'll see a b- bunch of pictures of me popping up there talking about football. So if you're interested in that, if you like what I do here, please follow me on my YouTube channel. Ace. Uh, New Stripe City on YouTube. Also, that's my Twitter handle at New Stripe City. 
Um, you can also find me on Instagram. Not as many followers on there, uh, but you can also reach me there. Tony. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. You can find me. Uh, I do a weekly um, Tuesday show on Locked On Steelers, so you can listen to me there. And also remember, hey, subscribe here. This is this is a uh, this is the new show, so uh, make sure you guys subscribe, hit the bell, all of that, all the YouTube goodies. I'm also trying to put this out as an audio podcast, although uh, you know with the Corona thing going on, a lot of the feeds aren't updating correctly yet. So we'll get that out as well. Yeah, so we'll have an audio version and the YouTube version. So please subscribe. Don't forget to hit that like button. And hey, keep sharing this, guys. Thank you. And always remember, Marquise Hollywood Brown is the fifth best wide receiver. (laughs) (laughs) You're live. 180 yards. You're live now. You wait and see.